Welcome to the Knock on Archery podcast, where we bring all archers and bow hunters together from all walks of life with the goal to educate, empower, and inspire you to be better both in the field and on the range. Yo, test one, two. Sean DeGray, welcome to the Knock on podcast room, dude. Yeah, this place is awesome. First time visiting you. I know. Thank you for coming to Iowa. Yeah. He came in for a day and he's already late. He was late getting in, so now we're like literally just rushed here, podcasts, and then you're back on the back yep. on the plane home. You, there's any kind of drink you would like, not any kind, but my preferred kinds. Yeah, I'll it's probably just, do the water. It's pretty sweet, actually. It is a selection, though. Relied on trusty old Joe to get this all prepped for us before I came in. So yeah, dude, can you believe it? It's almost tax season. It's almost tax season, and it's go time for us. I'm I'm. Uh, that's why it's a that's why it's a two hour visit instead of a day. <laughs> I know, I know. You were like, "Hey, I think we should really talk about this and that. Maybe we can make a post." And I'm like, "Dude, let's just fly in." You're like, "When are we both gonna have a couple days?" I'm like, "We don't. You're gonna like get <laughs> yeah, a plane. Exactly. Let's talk for a couple hours." Because yeah. normally we talk for a couple hours on the phone, and then I'm sitting there thinking, "This is what everyone would have wanted to know right. anyway." Yep. Yep, so it's kind of exactly. cool that we're we're doing it now. Let me make sure. I got to make sure that's recording. You good? Yeah. That's that's typical me to just look at a red light and assume it's on. But uh, well, if we're gonna do this that's, podcast, that's, and I need to sound water. good. That's water. Smart it's, water. Yeah, I need that's it. to help people with uh, cognitive <laughs> issues. Well, I have like them, myself. So this is perfect. Yeah. So, uh, the podcast actually has not been on for quite a while and I have some in the can. Um, but to be honest with you, just things have been hectic and I kept it quiet, but, um, right before Christmas got COVID and I actually like COVID wasn't a problem, but post COVID, I didn't realize what all that like meant. So I've, I am like one of the few that have this crazy thing with my heart where going to my mailbox or honestly, I walked to, uh, I walked down to my elk target at, at 80 yards and walked back up, which people have seen me do a million times. And at my heart rate hit like 120. Oh man. And then it, and then it drops to in the forties. And when it drops back down, it like makes me so tired that it's, it's kind of like, when you fall asleep driving, like driving, when you get like, you know, that, yep, that not like it just does that. And I have to just, I literally can just roll over on my side and crash out for like 15 minutes. And then when I wake back up, like everything's good. That's crazy. So I've actually, um, kind of didn't practice when I normally would in December, I would the beginning of December, I was getting ready and everything. And then normally like January one, I'll turn on the gears of, you know, shooting and training school of knock and everything. And just everything got put on hold. And so I just started kind of organizing things to come and working on some really like, there's some awesome products coming that have been a few years in development and then um, just really ramping up for tax. So, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped right now for tax coming up. So what's going to be new for this year? So there's a couple of, well, there's one major change as far as tax concerned, but there's a couple other major changes as, on the scheduling side. Big Sky has typically been before Utah, 
And this year, because they're doing construction, it seems like every resort's doing construction. So we're fighting that battle. But uh, we've moved that. Big Sky will now be our last event. So if people haven't been paying attention to the release and they're used to seeing that before Utah events, um, Big Sky is actually our last event this year. And that's so, relevant because of registration, because yeah. you launch registration at a certain point. So, yeah, like, don't – if you're in Utah, you don't want to, like, wait. And if you're, no. if you're in Big Sky, you want to be on the ball. Right. And then the other one is um, in Michigan. We've been in Boyne Mountain the last, whatever, six or seven years since we've been there. And uh, they're also going under construction and Gosh. so we had to move that. We've locked down that place. We launched the date. But, again, it's a change from years prior. We're going to be at Crystal Mountain in Thompsonville. So how far is that from from Boyne? Uh, it, was it straight west? No, southwest? straight south. It's okay. like South Traverse. So it's probably two hours and change is oh, my guess. Oh, it is? Yeah, okay. south. It's, maybe I'm off on that. It might be an hour and a half. I was thinking it was two and change. From Grand Rapids, it's about three hours. Okay. To get there. So it's still over on the west side of the state, almost straight south of Traverse City. Is elevation similar? Uh, it's less elevation, actually, than Boyne. Boyne had some good elevation for what we could find out there. So um, we're looking at probably at our best is around 350 feet elevation change, where Boyne, if I remember right, was around 900. Yeah, so, I mean, are there still some rollers in there to where you can get the angles yes. for 70 yards? It's just not yes. going to be as scenic to yes. people that are on the top of the mountain looking down. Right, but correct. There's still going to be some really good terrain. The way we, we went in, laid it out, um, and we looked at so many options. I mean, the yeah. second they told us no, all we did was jump on and look at all these different options. And uh, this is our best option to still stay yeah, Michigan area has that makes to happen. Sense. That, I hundred percent agree. I mean, yep. shout out to the Michigan crowd. You guys yep. freaking brought the party to the mountain. They do. They, they were awesome. They're a, it's a great uh, group of guys. I, I was on a podcast here recently with an, another group, and they're out of Michigan. And we talked about that how the Michigan people really bring it. <laughs> yeah, they do. And but the the fun thing I think that'll be about this one. There is less terrain as far as the uh, elevation change goes, but there's, we're going to, they have another area that we'll be utilizing that's a big pine forest. So we'll be doing some cool stuff there. And it's big enough to bring in that Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation course that we tested last year in Utah. So yep. it's a 15 target elk course. So there are, there are some things there that are, are going to be uh, different than what we've done at Boyne. Um, but as always, we'll do whatever we can. Make it the, whatever mountain we're allowed to use, we're going to make good use of it. Yep. And then uh, Oklahoma's new on the docket. Oklahoma is new. Um, funny story. That wasn't even that wasn't even a state we were looking at. And uh, we got contacted by these boys from Orange Bison Company, just harassing me, man. Just calling and calling. Not really, <laughs> but he reached out a bunch. So I flew out there to look at one venue, and it was. It was a no-go. It didn't have what the wow factor, if you will. You pull yeah. up, and you're just kind of like, eh. Yeah. And so I told them, you know, this isn't going to work. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, two months later, they called me and said, hey, we have interest at this venue, Broken Bow, um, the Beaver's Bend State Park, and they said they're interested in it. So I said, well, I'll come back and look at it because it's in an area we really like, just north of Dallas. Yep. So we capture that yeah. eastern Texas area. Broken Bow's cool. Oh, dude. Yep. 
when we showed up, I was like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> this place is awesome. So not only that, Broken Bow is also a really good place. If you're the only shooter in the family, you can still bring the whole family. There is so much to do. It yep. is definitely a tourist attraction there. Yep. Um, and so that's another big thing is bring the whole family, come out, and there's a whole bunch to do if you're the only shooter. Yep. So, uh, but that one we're really excited about. Um, we're hoping to do, there's an island out there we really like. I know that's where I yeah. wanted, that's kind of <laughs> where I was yeah. wanting to be when you told me. But So we're hoping, um, we're going through all the logistics right now. We got approval to do it. We're hoping to have that transportation lined out to take people out there. And that'll be one of the courses Yeah, is on the island. So be legit. Um, oh, dude. And it, <laughs> not to mention, it's just a beautiful drive or a beautiful boat ride, if you will, to get yep. out there. But just the idea to me of being on an island to do a course is pretty cool. It'd be awesome for that to, all, to be all uh, black bear and mini moose. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. The, the mini black bear then, because those black bear are pretty heavy. I don't know that I want to pack those. The difference on the island versus anywhere else is... Every single target we take, we're packing. So, but it is a cool, it's a, it's a beautiful place. And uh, I'm pretty excited about it just to see how it all comes together. That's awesome. Have you ever thought about doing a course where it was just all minis? So we, (laughs) we actually talked about this last year um, because, you know, they've got the caribou, the moose and the elk now. Reinhardt does. Bear. And uh, well, I guess they do have smaller bear, but I'm talking like the minis. Yeah. Yep. The third scale or whatever they call them. Yep. So we did talk about that. And I think it would be a fun course. Yep. Um, but we haven't committed to anything like that yet. Because <laughs> some guys do like shooting the bigger targets. But those targets are pretty cool. And Reinhardt's coming out with a new target. They may have already released it because ATA or whatever. Saw a new one. I'm it was a bighorn we'll... sheep. Yeah, I yeah. did see that. I did so see that. So we just it ordered good. that. Yeah, it looked good. Um. Well... Just to go back, there's a lot of things with Total Archery Challenge that I think are really important to talk about because obviously we're talking about now things that anyone who's gone knows. They want to know these little details of what's in the whys. But Total Archery Challenge 101 would be, um, tell me a little bit, let's go back to what when you acquired, you know, uh, it wasn't called tack at the time, right? Because right. you Bo got cast at the bird, Bo cast at the bird. Then what made you decide to do the things that you're doing? And I can just tell any listener out there, if you want just a fun, fun archery shoot, which for me, this is a grassroots thing. I saw, I saw a post, um, by someone in an, from an archery brand, had made a personal comment about his feelings towards tack and how, you know, it's kind of like it promotes mediocrity, you know, media, mediocrity, mediocrity. Yeah. Mediocrity. Medi- I put the media okay. in there. Yeah. <laughs> Medi- <laughs> I'm we, in we outer space. About. We know yeah. what you're talking about. But, um, I just feel like that. I just couldn't feel further from the truth of that. I think that for me and what I love about archery is getting people to go out there and, and push the envelope and have fun and more people come. It's especially who I want to teach to. They come because 
one, they can get pushed. Two, they don't have to if they really don't want to. Right. And three, they don't have the pressure of having a scorecard and having to go there with people that are taking it so serious to where right. if you're not able to practice every day for an hour a day, you have no chance, yep. let alone a chance. So it there's just so many facets. You could, like Kids will take a bow up there, and if they want to shoot two arrows the whole day, then that's cool. Yep. Like, you know, yep. everything about it is what do you want to do, but you are known for shots that are extreme, right? you know, tight shooting lanes, like all that stuff. And I think there's a valuable discussion to have on, you know, whether that's, you know, we're, you're not promoting that from an ethics point of view. It's about fun. But, like, what was your vision when you said, hey, let's let's take this and do what we're going to do? Yeah, so um, I worked for another event company at the time, and uh, but, but I had been shooting bowcast at the bird for years. Um, Anthony Dix and Sean Monson were the ones that created it, and I'd help them out, and I just I loved the shoot, but <clears throat> it wasn't working for them. It hit its peak, and uh, and had gone downhill significantly when they were like, "Hey, we're done with this. It's a lot of work, whatever." But from working in the in the event world, but a different industry. So I was able to look at this through. Because you did color runs. Yeah, I did the color and, run. And correct. triathlon. Were you doing triathlons too no, or just we color runs? Just the color run. And then color run started some other companies that we worked on, some other events. And uh, so I was able to step back, look at this event through a totally different lens than a bunch of guys that like to hunt and shoot bows. Yep. Um, and so I said, well, this thing has some legs. But we got to change the recipe, right? Like we're, we need to change it to where we can broaden the, the net, like cast a wider net to capture more people and just change a few things to change who's showing up. Um, nothing against who was showing up, but we needed more people than, than this elite group of hikers, if you will. Yep. And, uh, and so that was it. They said they were getting rid of it. I said, well, and I'll take it over. Um, the ambition there was more of a clean break. We didn't want the name, none of that. We just started our own company, if you will. But I wanted it to be a clean break with our good friends. So yeah. that was the right thing to do. Um, so we bought them out and uh, fired up Total Archery Challenge. And, and some of those major changes were what you see today is making it to where it doesn't matter if you're brand new, never shot a bow until you show up type of deal. Although we recommend you practice, but you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. to, to a guy like yourself who can shoot yeah, and having everyone in between, because for me, promoting archery and getting people in the outdoors, that that's like my savior, right? Like being outside, I work so I can be outside and, uh, and what it does for me emotionally, mentally, whatever, we can give that to all these other people. And, and we had a good education outside of the hunting industry on how to put on events. And, uh, and so we're like, yeah, let's do it. Now that doesn't mean as soon as it took off or as soon as we started, it took off. There's some growing pains in there. But one of the, uh, one of the important things that I think helped us formulate this properly was we, uh, we surveyed a lot of these participants who had been doing this other event, Bowcast of the Bird, and said, hey, what's important to you, what do you want to see, blah, blah, blah. And then we went outside of the event and just talked to people who go and do the neighborhood shoot. Yep. 
what do you want to see more of? What do you, what's interesting to you? What don't you like? And, um, and so that helped us formulate what we do today. Yep. Well, what's cool about the tack is that it pushes everybody's envelope, whether, I mean, obviously whether you're a beginner, but you can also, there's distinct ranges that give you the ability to how far you want to push that envelope. So if you're brand new, you go out on the local course you're you're not going to see a bomber of a shot, you right. know, sixty yards max. Yeah, sixty yards max. Going to keep it close. Now with the REMF courses, big elk all the way through. Yeah. Also, oh, an no, awesome we have some minis in there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just to save your backs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's and good. storage space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. But um, and then as you progress all the way to Sitka, and then the knock-on course, right. being yep. at the top of you know this is. As extreme as it gets. Yeah, it's going to be as extreme as the course really allows it to play out. Yep. But real quick, though, I think it's important just to say this, um, because there's a lot of guys that love doing the knock-on course, if you will. Mm -hmm. But they're not there yet what that course is. Yep. And we there's no issue in those people coming up with their buddies who probably are there, and they can – adjust that range so that yep. they also can participate in that course or any other course for that matter. Yeah. That's the cones are the recommendation of if you want to, this is where we're allowing you to push it to. Right. But you Correct. can, you can creep at any time. And and anytime I take someone new up there, I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to shoot from these cones while we're shooting together. Let's go up. Yeah. Let's do five or 10 targets. You know, the first targets I might be at, you know, get them in the thirties then maybe I maybe I push a forty, and then if they're if they're feeling comfortable there, then maybe all of a sudden an elk shows up for the first time, and it's like okay, let's try a sixty and see how you're, and then feel it out, you know, and yep. then and then people naturally want to push the envelope. Now, one of the things that I said in uh, one of my hunts this year is. What's awesome about the tack, and I have a mule deer hunt that I think is releasing. It might be this week, maybe next week. Might be a good week to do it either way. But um, my first shot on this muley was like in the 30s, I think. Um, but there was like really tall grass. I kept the camera guy behind me a little bit because I didn't want to like booger things up. Yeah. So I raised up in the grass and I figured he could at least see the rack, but he was actually on. There was a line of, it was a bachelor group of bucks. So the bigger one wasn't like, in the obvious position. So I actually kind of shot across screen anyway. Um, but it, it hit him, but it hit him in a spot where he ran like 80 yards and stopped. Now mm-hmm. he could have stood there for five or 10 seconds and then swayed around and tipped over. But as soon as he ran up and started coming up there, you know, I looked at the camera guy and just said, I'm, I'm sending another one. And this, this is where total archery challenge applies because my confidence in sending a follow-up shot, you know, just under triple digits, it's not my first shot option. But ethically as a bow hunter, it allowed me to have the confidence to send a follow-up shot that was immediately terminal. So, you know, I actually talked about it in that hunt. I said, listen, this situation that just happened, this is why I love Total Archery Challenge because it – pushes your envelope on one do you have confidence at these distances because for some people they may just say i'm not there yet 
Yeah. You know, I, I've lo- I lost a ton of arrows trying to shoot that far, but it'll also make them want to learn how to shoot that far, which in my opinion is just allowing them to put a bigger magnifying glass on their form and technique. Because yeah. if you're missing all the time at those longer shots, it's putting magnifying glass on why you're only missing by two or three or four inches at 20 or 30 yards. So I was able to make a follow-up shot that was definitely not anything I would promote for a first right. shot for someone, but it also guaranteed the, the recovery of that animal. Yeah. So I think from that point of view, it's awesome. And like when it comes to tight lanes, listen, there's some tight lanes where I'm just like, I'm not going to risk losing an arrow shooting through that stuff. I actually move and try right. to find Which a better lane. 100% okay. But – what I will say is your tight lanes even has taught me w- what the cast of an arrow does and how important it is for you to think about that as a bow hunter. Right. Because as a bow hunter, you might not be shooting through trash to where you're worrying about making a poor shot on an animal, but it also really makes you think when you pull back and that thing's 50 yards, like are there any limbs hanging low between me and 50 right. yards that I'm going to contact? Yep. So there's so many like good learning tools there and not to mention just the physical like demand of a to- of attack course it tells a lot of people you know hey if you if you're freaking wiped out from walking a shoot with no time restraint and you've got an elk hunt coming up where you thought like I'm going to go shoot attack cuz I I'm going to go elk hunting for the first time this year it's also a wake up call of like I need to do a little bit right. more yeah. to be ready to be on a mountain like that because yep. it's freaking tough. And honestly, for me, like in Colorado, even with the knowledge I have, I freaking slipped up and went out there without like proper sun protection and proper hydration. And, yeah. you know, that one day I was like on the verge of like altitude sickness because – I wasn't prepared either. And when I came down, Sharon looked at me, she's like, you were nuked up there. And I said, yeah, (laughs) I go, I was, and it was freaking stupid. I should have known, I should have known better and prepared better. So it was like, it's a valuable learning experience. And then in addition to all that is just the knowledge you will get from other people that go to tag. Right. Yep. And, and just getting in some of those groups and shooting like, I don't know how many people who came to a knock-on course and they were, like, waiting to shoot because of their shooting times. And, you know, a lot of times wherever I'm at, there's going to be some congestion. I apologize. But, you know, it's people's time to to be able to, like, chat and talk and stuff like that. So if there's a group of two and a group of three, a lot of times I'll be like, hey, are you guys cool shooting together? This target's 100 yards. Five of us can shoot and you guys can – figure out what you want to do after that. I don't think I've ever had a group where the next day they're not like shooting together. Right. And they're like, we, you know, we ended up shooting together for a few more targets and just had the biggest blast. And last year I met a couple groups. They're like, we met for the first time at park city for the first knock on course. And now like, even though they're in totally different States, they meet there every year and they shoot tack together, which I think is just freaking awesome. We have a, there's a ton of that and, and, uh, the camaraderie is a big part of it. Um, the guys I was talking to the other day from Michigan mm-hmm. and they said the same thing. They were talking about, Hey, we meet these guys this is kind of our, 
this is our thing where we get together and go do this or whatever. And uh, it's, that was, um, I mean, there's a brotherhood there anyway when you're shooting a bow. And I say brotherhood not to exclude women on that because yeah. they show up too. So a familyhood, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, this, how this has resulted in so many friendships um, there's multiple businesses that guys have gotten together, said, yeah, we met at attack, yeah. hit it off, came up with some ideas and we start a business together <laughs> and whatever. So it's really cool. Uh, so when you're talking about what people on the outside of the, what we do, a fun shoot, um, talking, sharing their feelings or knocking what a fun shoot is settling for mediocrity or whatever, um, Somebody shared that with me. The I didn't even know who the guy was. Like I didn't have a clue. Yeah. And uh, and and frankly, that that doesn't matter because yeah, those aren't the people we built this for. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We didn't we didn't build it for those guys. We yep. built it for everybody else that wants to get into archery and and enjoy what we do. And that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Is that camaraderie of friendship of bringing people together? You know, at our events, we have no, no matter what event you go to, there's. 14, 15, 25, you come to Utah, all 50 states represented there. Yep. And, uh, and these, you're, what we've been able to create because of how awesome this industry is, is that, uh, that time when everybody can come together, it's like an archery reunion. Yep. Ar well, I really feel like archery is better because of the tack and it's on several different levels. One of the levels that's important is, I've never been at an event where different vendors who at, in some instances are in competing categories. I've never been to an event where there's like so much kind of fun happening to where those vendors are actually getting along at the level that they do. Yeah. And that's better for our, that's better for archery. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's cool when, um, you know, it's cool when I can walk around and I walk past a booth where they're literally selling a product that is, a competitor to any of the brands they know that I work with. And they're just like, how's it going today? And yeah. I can sit in there and have fun. And they're just like, you know, Hey, you know, we're so thankful for what you're doing for archery and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, that is, that's what the industry needs. It's awesome. I'll tell you a funny story. That's right in line with that. Um, we have a, a brand that follows us across the country and has been since day one, badass outdoor gear. Yeah. Um, there was a, I, I wish I could remember what state we were in, but there was a local archery shop there. And as you can imagine, we sell, we, not we, but they sell arrows there, yep. right? Well, this local archery shop saw it giving up the ghost. Mm -hmm. And so they were selling arrows and badass was cutting them yep. for a competing shop, right? Yep. Like they could have said, nope, we're yep. going to do our own gig. But they were like, yeah, that's fine. Bring them over here. We'll cut them for you. And so... That's what you're talking about. Yep. And you see it across the board there. Yep. Yeah. Badass. They, it's a good name because they're awesome. They Actually, awesome. when we were, uh, I flew into Salt Lake for two days just to have some meetings and I had like an extra 30 minutes or something. And so I said, Hey, where's, where's badass at? I want to just go by their shop and mm -hmm. tell those people how cool they are. Yeah. And I swung in, you know, and just kind of surprised them because yeah, they're, they're awesome. They are. Yeah. Awesome. They're, they're and they're needed at the tack because there's yep. a lot of people that need like help and repair. And so that's been really cool. Now, one thing I'll, I'll add in, 
in response to that comment is from my point of view, I would say, especially during this time of year where I'm very visible about my training, because there's, there's honestly, there's a few things that I do as a person that even though people tell me I should maybe show more, there's things that I do in my everyday lifestyle where I'm not like, I feel like it kind of slows me down. And I kind of, I don't know, I almost feel like maybe people aren't interested anyway. But I don't like make posts every day about my workouts or like what I'm doing. And I don't always show like when I go in the backyard and shoot for 45 minutes, I'm not making posts about it every day. If, if something happens or if I do something with my own shooting that I think can help people, I normally will bring that forward. Or if I'm trying something new, I'll give my opinion on it. But like, I don't, I'm not really visual that way every day, all the time. I think there's people out there that do a good job of it and their people are following people for that reason. Whereas I think people follow me just to like, you know, Hey, can you help me coach on something? But a big question I get, especially right now, which right now I'm, I'm trying to hone myself to be ready for tax. So I'm, I'm posting about, you know, where I start, I start indoors, shooting four arrows at a time. You know, I start trying to get to where I can shoot a 300 again. Then I start trying to polish up that 300 and try to get my X count back where it is and really just work on fundamentals and technique and then get ready to where when I go outside and I'm shooting at distance, my mistakes are magnified and I got to start polishing again to where then I can be as prepared as I can be for tack. But, and I know that at the level I shoot, one of, one of the gifts that I'm fortunate to have is shooting a bow, you know, and, and every time I've contemplated being burning, burned out and just setting it down and, you know, I'm just, this is a lot all the time, every day. I kind of get reminded of, listen, you're given a gift. Don't, don't like waste it. Don't waste it. Use it. But I also know that even though I have the ability to compete at a, you know, at a competitive class, I don't have that ability without a hundred percent focus on it. Yeah. When I competed and when I did well, that was all I did. I didn't fish anymore. I didn't have a family. I didn't, you know, I pretty much trained. I didn't work out as hard. I didn't have like, you know, there wasn't times where I could, you know, go out and play with my dog or go to movies or go see my son on a weekend, run a track meet somewhere. I shot my bow all the time. And yeah. even at that, even at a hundred percent commitment, 30 plus thousand arrows a year, there's some freaking great people. There's 20 other dudes out there that were in my class that did that same thing. And every single tournament, there's 20 of them that can win. There was no guaranteeing to winning. So for me, it was like, it was a decision on time. Even if I'm at 100% capability of this is the best I can possibly shoot a bow, there's no guarantee that all that effort is going to have a paycheck. Right. So for me, I've just got to the point where I recognize the fact of there's people out there that were hungry like I was in my early 20s through my 20s and early 30s to where I sacrificed everything and said no to a lot of stuff so that I could compete with a bow. And I'm not at that anymore. So if I go, all I'm doing is just going to have 
a random whim of a chance to be able to beat these people that are fully committed. Fully committed archers that are talented are freaking unstoppable. <laughs> right. The only thing you can do is also be unstoppable and wait for the cards to fall where they may when you're there. You know, I've, I've always said top-level pros, you know, if they came to an ASA shoot and you had an ASA shoot three days in a row or three tournaments, three three-day tournaments in a row, the same person is probably not going to win all three of those. The same five or six are probably going to be in contention, and one person's probably going to stand out at different times. And maybe one person wins two out of the three, but it's not going to be three out of the three. Yeah. So, like, for me, what TAC does is it gives me the ability to be a competitive person and give me something to train for and give me something to push for. And if I go there and choose to put a scorecard down – um, which I, at some of the first tacks I did, like I knew, yeah. I know when I went to snowbird the first time, a lot of the people that I went with, cause I think I went with the Easton crew. They're like, everyone wants to know how you're going to shoot. So I kept score, but then I just started realizing, honestly, I like stepping away from the stake. I like, you know, going, all right, closest to center, you know, right. here or there, or can we wreck this dude's arrow? Like to me, it's, it's. What I do in the backyard when I'm screwing around with people that come over to grill out and chill out and launch in the backyard, but it's it's tougher and it's funner, and that's what makes me want to go to more of them. Yeah. If, if I did it the other way personally, I wouldn't go, which is why I don't go to the big professional events anymore. If I did, I feel like it's an obligation of mine to compete in the pro class. I can't, even though I haven't done it for, you know, years – I can't go and shoot as an amateur or in a bow hunter class. I would have, I would, it would be my responsibility to go and shoot as a pro because that's what I was, even though I'm not polished to be that now, that's what I was. And it would just be a donation of money to people <laughs> that are willing to sacrifice all the things in life that they're, that they really don't put first in archery. Whereas I'm at a point now in my life where I'd put a lot of that stuff in front of competitive archery. I would way rather, train harder for a hunt than train harder to win a shoot. That's just me with tack. I just want to, I want to be ready and I want to be able to go there and like maximize myself. And last year I really prepped for tack and I loved that process getting ready for tack. And I like showing up at tack and, you know, and representing myself and, and our brand right. on the range, but I didn't feel pressure to have to, you know, worry about like, you know, the prize or the scorecard or anything like that. And I think for people who want to do better without having that heavy weight on top of them, I think that it's just the best option out there for the sport. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm not hardcore archer, right? <laughs> I mean, I shoot when I can, but as you know, in the summer, there's no chance. Yeah. We used to bring our bows. We you said you shot one course one time. Or did no, you say one arrow? No, I didn't even sh <laughs> I've never shot a course. Um, I do take my bow to Texas. We end up getting in on a few pigs while we're setting up. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's it. I've never shot a course of Total Archery Challenge. Um, but we include a scorecard. Yep. Because... Some people like to score, and if that's what you want to do, that's fantastic. Yep. You're invited. Yep. You don't want to score? 
you're also invited. Yeah. And that's kind of how, how we view it is, um, you know, we say life's life, it's better with a bow. That's kind of our mantra. And that that's for everyone. Yep. Like life can be better with a bow for every single person out there. You don't need to be the top of the class if that's not your gig. If you just like to shoot a bow, come shoot a bow. If you want to be at the top, you're welcome to come too. We're just not going to give you a prize. Well, what's funny is if you look at like golf, some people go to the to the best golf courses in the world because yeah. that's where people play. And the amount of, like they put a golf cart on every golf cart, but you know, the amount of people that are taking serious, you know, golf score individually, it's pretty small compared right. to the sport. Like if I went out and played golf, I would go on Wednesday night leagues where it was like best ball with several of my buddies. Yeah. Or all of us would just say, okay, let's, you know, let's play, you know, bingo, bango, bongo. Yeah. Whatever you know, that is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> where it's like longest drive closest to the pin, you know, whatever, yeah. longest putt or whatever, or, you know, we would do something like that, you know, whether there's no way we would, I would just go to do individual score right. at golf because guess what? I don't practice golf all week long, but I'd love to go to a cool golf Absolutely. course and play a cool golf course and enjoy the golf cars course and try to hit, you know, I love the freaking long shots. I love the freaking tight shots with water in there. Right. You know, that's part of like, you know, losing a golf ball is, is kind of fun, you know, like, Hey, <laughs> let's see if we can, you know, get it from here. Yeah. Like that's, that's part of it. That's part of what makes it, you know, giving you something to laugh at. So yeah. for me, there's no better recipe for the overall participation of archery. Yeah. You know, and and the amount of people that I've taught how to shoot a bow and taken to a total archery challenge for the first time. Lots of military people. Yeah. And started them out, got them going and then and then let them understand a better I guess give them a better visual of what hunting could be like. Yeah. You know, to yep. where I'd be like, "Hey, right here, you know, this group of pines right here, this would be something to where we'd hear a bull bugle. Maybe he's down there. We would set up like this. We would set up right here. You would be where this stake is because we've got these clearings, the bulls down there. The caller would go up, up above you on that logging road, and they would try to pull that bull past you without him locking in on you and your fixed location. So what you need to do is like you need to be prepped to make that shot in that lane right there. Yeah. When the bull comes there, you know, and maybe you would, you know, make a little noise to get him to stop or something like that. And people just put all those puzzle pieces together and like, yeah, that'd be freaking dope. I want to do it. Yeah. It's it's interesting you say that. Um at our events you'll see some guys in their camo in their boots, lots, their lots. backpack, right? <laughs> lots. So I was talking to a group of these guys, and I'm like, you got to tell me the story, like why we decked out like this. You know, I, I wanted to have them tell me. And he said, Total Archery Challenge is where we test our gear. Yep. So we're, we've got elk hunts, mule deer hunts, whatever hunt is coming up in the West. And, uh, and so we come out and we try everything. We make sure our packs are fitting right, that our boots don't have hot spots, that our gear, you know, our, is our clothing too hot? Do we need something different? Yeah. So 
<laughs> not just because they like camo and they look good in it. They are there to test their gear. And, and there's a lot of, like you just said, <laughs> there's a lot of guys that do that, but it is a good opportunity Heck yeah. to go That's out smart. and try your gear to make sure you're prepped for when it really counts. Right. Yeah. So, um, but it's, it's been a super fun adventure. This is our <clears throat> 10 year anniversary. So we started oh, in 2012, really? so 2022. Cool, Congrats. Is, yeah. We're excited about it. So we've got some cool things we're going to do, um, to help celebrate that throughout the year. And, and, uh, but yeah, it's cool. And it's been a really fun progression to see, um, how people have accepted it, uh, to see how passionate they are about it. Um, and, because of their passion, they're they're expressing to us how things should be or that might make it better, and we implement those things that really would make it better, and you know disregard the ones that don't. But it uh, as TAC has progressed throughout the years, a huge part of that is feedback from the participants, and we're not talking about the the when a guy's so pissed off he's just being lame, right? We're not talking <laughs> about that. We're talking about Guys that are like, I love this event. Imagine if this, it would be better if that yep. or whatever. And we're like, yeah, we need to dig into that and see if that's possible. And if it is possible, will it do what we think it should do? And if the answer is yes, then we implement it. One thing that's always stood out to me is it's obvious that you guys specialize in events because there's very few events that when things happen, which they do and, the, the best example is Park City two years ago when yeah. when the lift was, you know, literally the chute's getting ready to go and somehow there's miscommunication at the mountain of, well, the lift isn't even going to be in operation. It's shut down this week for repairs. Yeah. And so I remember calling you on the way there and I'm like, how's it going? And you said, well, not too good. The main lift is shut down. So we're going to have to figure out how to get 2,000 people up on the mountain for all the courses. And by the time I got to you, you had already got Carl Malone to donate, like, how many side-by-sides? 17. 17 side-by-sides. And I'm like, who's driving them? You're like, we don't know yet. Didn't you go to a church, found, like, 17 (laughs) kids? So my wife actually, yeah, she reached out to our church and then to a couple of friends, and we just rounded up whoever we could, right, for four days of drivers. And drove thousands of people up the <laughs> yeah, mountain every, every day. day like on I'm I, in under 24 hours we're able to make that adjustment but so many of the things that you could do better are normally when you have to like change locations like obviously Oklahoma it's going to be inevitable something you can do better right absolutely yep. and then and then go and that's the first okay now let's fast forward to the last to the last in Montana you've already been notified now like hey your vendor village it's not going to be there now you have to come down into the main parking lot. So now right. you have new logistics of, okay, you know. How do we create good good flow? And good flow and obviously, yeah. you know, getting vendors in there to set up before things get shut down or, you know, and yep. you're having to deal with the resort's daily traffic and all that stuff. So you, you constantly have to, you and Monica have to be able to flex. And then your crew, like it would be unfair to not give a shout out oh, to the total archery crew the freaking work that these, the whole team, everybody, whether it's the gals in Monica's booth or whether it's all the dudes on the mountain getting after it and driving up there and bringing water all through the day and being up there first thing to, 
to reset targets that cows knocked down or reset targets where, you know, rebar fell out or whatever. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. We have a phenomenal team. Yeah. So like if you're going to an event for the first time, just like on a hunt, expect something to be, you know, not perfect and embrace it and just make the recommendation. The changes are going to be made. You guys, you guys freaking dodge and, and duck and, make adjustments better than any any archery crew I've ever met. Well, let's talk about um, the one question I'm already getting is what events is knock-on going to? Um, so I want to just go through my personal schedule yeah. to where all the listeners out there know what we're doing because this is really important. If you're going to register and sign up for attack, you need to know – there we've made some changes because I do, I do eventually want to hit all the locations. Right. Um, I can't do it all at one time because even though you all get to come for a three day shoot, it's five to six days for us right? to get yep. there, to set up one day prior because of Sean's rules and then have to stay there until everyone's gone. <laughs> Sean's rules yep. and then dr- drive back. So, those um, rules are for your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, so what we're going to do is, I guess, two main things that are going to happen. One is um, we will not have a knock-on course in Texas, and that's really for two different reasons. The main reason being uh, my son Harry is graduating from college and graduate the ceremony is on that Saturday. However, I'm very committed to veterans and also Black Rifle is very vet, uh, da- um, committed to the adaptive athlete right. veteran yep. shoot, which is actually right on the front end of that tack. So I'm going to be 100% committed to the adaptive athlete portion of Texas and be there for the Black Rifle portion. And then I'm going to be on one of the ranges for Friday and, and be able to walk around. If you're, if you're going to go to Texas Friday morning through midday, yeah. um, I'm going to be there and I may or may not return on Sunday, but that's going to be my plan in Texas. Otherwise my main commitment to Texas is going to be the adaptive athletes and the veterans. Yeah. Um, then, and what's going to happen is, um, it sounds like where the, the knock on course was, um, previously who I had kind of taken from someone else anyway, it sounds like we're going to be able to get REMF is wanting a place, which is, sounds like that's up in the air, but there yeah, will, we're going to, we're going to talk to them about doing that same elk course that we have in park city, which is a cool <clears throat> little spot for it throughout that, that whole riverbed yes. where we were, it's like perfect. Yep. So in Texas, I'll be there to say hi, but you won't see a knock on course. So grab a spot where you can. The next event is going to be Oklahoma. We will be in Oklahoma. Knock on will be there um, to represent. We'll have, you know, our booth. And then I'll be on the range uh, for the entire time. And normally what I do, just for those of you listening who haven't come, um, if it's somewhere where I set a range, I normally have input in that range and we, we definitely try to make it tough, but we also always try to find one rad shot towards the beginning, which will be like my home base to where 
I shoot with every single group that is a registered uh, registered for to the course. Time, yeah. So if you register for Friday, you know, I think the last calls at one o'clock or whatever, I'm going to be there until that last one o'clock group shows up and then I'll be down by the booth so I can get to see everybody else who are on different ranges. And I'll do that throughout all three days. Um, and I'm normally at one target where we can have a novelty shoot or have some fun, or it's normally a cool spot. And we, you know, try our best to be in a location where it creates the least amount of bog down for the right. course and lets people get going after that. So Oklahoma, I'll be there. There will not be a knock on course as of right now in Oklahoma. Right. If by chance you go to register for Oklahoma on registration and you see one, that might be a different conversation. But as of right now, my plan is to do a course takeover at two events. There's two places where logistically we can't add a knock on course because there's already courses there. Um, however, two of my partners were really pumped to be able to let me do a course takeover. The first one will be Oklahoma as of right now, and I'm going to take over the Leupold course. Yeah. So if you want to be able to shoot with me on a course, you're going to need to sign up for a Leupold course for one of the days. Now, one of the things to keep it a little bit knock-on oriented, we're going to stretch them out some. Yes. But what we're going to do is each course has its limitations and its max, and because some people sign up for those, those courses because maybe they want that intermediate or mid-range instead yeah. of the upper end course what we're going to do is we're actually going to still have the orange courses cones for those courses but then we're going to add a knock-on green course with the logo um, to where if you want to knock out that course from where i would personally shoot them from then you could have the option to shoot from that longer tee which right. would be the green tee and i'll be on the range at each of those events, both um, – well, for that one, Leopold has already said they're going to be there. They're going to be on a novelty target shoot with me. Uh, we'll be next to them in the vendor village, and we'll have some really cool prizes. And Leopold is going to, you know, bring the posse to be able to have some some fun stuff there for us. So uh, we will be in Oklahoma. Won't have a range. Leopold takeover. Uh, the next event that we're – guaranteed to go to is going to be Pennsylvania. Right. Yep. Um, Pennsylvania, there'll be a knock on course. The knock on course will be tough. I'll be there the whole time. Uh, same thing. So if you want to be on a knock on course for Pennsylvania, make sure you sign up. The next event will be Michigan. Yep. Uh, knock on course in Michigan. Yes. Okay. So knock on course in Michigan, we'll be there full steam ahead. All's going to be good. Uh, from there, the next one is going to be another new addition. We're going to South Dakota. This is freaking awesome. I, I love South Dakota. Um, I've never shot that course, but as a state and as of fellow archers, I've done a lot with people in South Dakota. So I'm freaking pumped to be able to go there. There was not room for a knock on course, which is why we haven't been there in the past. However, Black Rifle has offered to give uh their course to me and sean to create a knock-on variation of the black right. rifle course in south dakota so if you want to shoot with the knock-on nation in south dakota sign up for the black rifle course we're going to do a takeover i'm going to be there doing videos we're going to have 
I'm sure freaking Bigfoot's going to be there. I can actually fit in the Bigfoot costume. I'm so pumped. Uh, <laughs> me and Clancy are the same size, so it was like this $100,000 Bigfoot outfit that's like molded to his body. So no one else can fit in there, but I fit in there. So I might wear that in South Dakota if it's if it's cool enough. Um, so South Dakota is going to be awesome. Black Rifle, we're going to definitely bring a big party with Black Rifle and Knock On doing a takeover. We're going to be doing a ton of content up there. Probably going to have some some high-profile people up there as well doing that. And uh, from, let's see, from there, the next event is going to be Colorado. Colorado, yep. Colorado, knock-on course, always fun. So knock, sign up for the knock-on course in Colorado. Um, then we'll be at Snowbird for, or not Snowbird, Park City for a knock-on course at Park City too. So you know, we're going to have knock-on courses in PA, Michigan, Colorado, and uh, Park City. Park City, for yep. sure. Yep. Um, we're going to do takeovers in Oklahoma and also a takeover in South Dakota. Now, there is a chance that I may pop in to two other uh, shoots that right now I have open dates on, but we're not committed to be able to like take the whole crew there. So I might just come and and be at the novelty shoots with the total archery challenge people, or even pop into one of the partners booths. But for now that those are the guarantees. If you're going to make plans to go somewhere and be there while I'm there, those are going to be the ones. Yeah. Yep. The only thing I'd say is, uh, if you, if knock on course is sold out, they'll still be able to go do that knock on course yep. later in the afternoon or whatever. Um, so signing up for another course and then bump over to there yeah, uh, when it's open time. Yeah. It's definitely worth shooting the course and what people do if the registrations sell out, which they always do. Um, the thing for, for you to have as option B would be to sign up for another course of your choosing for your main time slot. And then after one or one thirty, the lifts will open back up. And if you've paid for three days, it's free well, for no, all. it's just per day. So as long as you're there for the day, then you can go back. Yeah. You yep. just got to be in line and catch that, catch that first ride up to the course and you can shoot the course uh, you know, right away and you can still make it down to the village. Now, the reason I shoot only until that last uh, paid shooting line comes is because I want to get back down to the village for all the people who yep. don't sign up for the knock on courses, either because you can't get in or you're just, you know, wanting to shoot another course you enjoy more. That's awesome. I'll be down at the knock on trailer or if it's a course takeover, well, actually, we'll have at both of the course takeovers will be next to that vendor. So if it's a Leupold takeover, knock on and Leupold to be side by side. If it's the Black Rifle takeover, we'll, we'll normally be next to Black Rifle anyway. anyway actually, yeah. all of us are pretty dang close. So right. you'll yep. be able to come and hang out. And, you know, we're, we're definitely going to turn it up a notch from our brand's point of view there as well. Um, you know, we're, we're totally committed. That's so. awesome. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. This year, we've got a lot going on, um, and we can talk about this now or later. It's kind of a nice segue as we discuss what's happening, but we started TAC Pass. Yep, this is cool. Um, so what TAC Pass is, is it's a communication hub for Total Archery Challenge. Um, 
it'll the app hasn't launched yet so everything's functioning online the app launches next month yep but the way tac pass works is it it's a registration app so we're changing registration again trying to trying to figure out something that'll work better than what we've had in the past so tacpass.com you go on there you create your profile put in all your personal information you can all your buddies too so you create a shooter group we'll call it knock on group and uh, invite your buddies to it everybody's on it so when you go to register this was always a pain for people when you go to register you can register that group and then pick whoever in that group let's say three of you are shooting Friday and then all four of you want to shoot Saturday you'll be able to put, pick those three guys and the four guys on Saturday pick your uh, course and time and all that personal information that you had to type in in the past is already saved. Yep. And so it's to speed that up because uh, one of the major hiccups, and it, it, we do all this, it's not going to stop it from selling out. Yeah. But what it does do is it helps you so that when you thought you had a knock time, you took 15, 20 minutes filling out everybody's information, it's and gone. then those knock times were gone. Yeah. So that was a pain in the butt. So what we're trying to do is create it so that it moves quicker. You've got everyone's info saved already. You go in, pay for your group. You collect your money from your buddies later. The other thing we did is we changed how we do knock times. Um, and this is a big deal. You used to pick whatever, 8 a.m., knock on 8 a.m., knock on 8.30, and it's limited space. So what we're doing is we're saying, look, instead of going in and picking 8, and then by the time you're done, 8's gone, so you go in to try 830, 30's already gone. You go in, right? It's yeah. It was a pain. Now you'll go in and just choose that tier. And so you're saying, hey, look, I'm interested in 8 to 930. Yep. Um, and we are charging more earlier in the morning. There's a $10 premium fee for earlier morning. Mid-morning is $5 and then zero. It's the same price everyone paid for those later times. Yep. Um, but... What it does is it gets you to move through that faster so you're not losing that time slot that you thought you had. It was another pain point of selling out too fast. So um, the way we'll decide who gets to go first is the first to check out, because everything's time-stamped, the first to check out would be first in line, let's say, and we'll send you your knock times. So you're going to register, choose your tier, which is, let's say, 8 to 930 and then as soon as you're done and it's registration's over, we'll send you an email back that says, hey, here's your knock time. So at least you know you have that area. You're not, you're not going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Next yeah. thing you know, it's 11 o'clock and you're pissed. So this is hopefully going to solve some of those uh, frustrating issues. The difference, though, is it's going to sell out faster. <laughs> right yeah. because people aren't doing it but at least you're not spending 45 minutes to find out you don't get a spot yeah now you'll come in it says sold out yeah, yeah. that sucks but it yeah. doesn't stop you the other thing we're doing is we're adding a little bit more space so over the last couple of years we have kept track of who goes up how many people are going up and on what course yep. after 12 after the twelve thirty knock time so from one o'clock on yep and we've been watching that for two years keep a track of all the numbers what courses blah 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 and so now we're going to allow, it's not as many people, it's less than half of what we allow in the morning, but we're going to allow you to register 
in those later oh, really? times okay. just to open up some space for guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a ton of people, but it does open up some space for you to be able to get on the mountain. Will that be a primary time or can you, will it say like secondary pick or? So it's going to have a time. It would be like a one thirty, a 2 or a 2.30 or whatever. Um, so what we've done in the past is guys have showed up, just shown up. Yeah. And they're like, hey, can I get on? We check them out and, hey, how many people have gone up? Oh, no, we're at X. We're like, yeah, we can throw you on this afternoon time. Yep. So all we're doing now is making it so that people can book later, a little bit later. And it's not a lot of spots, but it is a few. Yeah. And that makes a difference. But anyway, back to TAC Pass and the communication hub. The reason we're doing this is most of our communication, you send an email, most people don't read it. They'll read some highlights or whatever. Um, the next the next system we'd use is social media, Facebook, Instagram. Not everybody gets that either because the algorithms and how that works and what gets put out, what doesn't, all that. So unless you go directly to our page, you're not going to see all the announcements we have. So what we did is the way Pass functions, and it'll be an app you can have on your phone. And we've had a lot of questions about, well, what about service? There's only a couple spots throughout this tour that the service isn't good enough for this to work. Yeah. And uh, so... It'll be no different than if we were announcing it on Instagram. But um, there's no algorithm there to kick out our notifications to you. Yep. So you can get on there. You're going to be able to see everything that we're posting, all the important stuff. For example, we'll use South Dakota. You haven't been there, but South Dakota, you got to hike downhill to the lift. Mm -hmm. Well, if you happen to miss our post on Instagram that said, hey, the lift is closed because of lightning, or whatever, yep. you're going to hike all the way down there only to find out it's shut down for 30 minutes minimum because every time a lightning strikes, it's shut another 30 minutes. And then you hike back up because you're pissed about it, right? Yeah. So this is our way of doing the important notifications. Hey, lifts are down. They're supposed to go back up. Just hang tight. We'll let you know. Uh, we'll talk about so- anything knock-on's got going on. We can let people know because... Not everybody reads and whatever, so this hub's going to do that after parties. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to say last year, you know, a, a few times the the evenings were kind of reserved for some parties, but then last minute some people came and said, hey, would you like to talk a little bit about so-and-so? Yeah. And it would be a notification of, hey, you know, knock on TV and Black Rifle are going to be doing a really cool Charity contest at, Absolutely. at the novelty shop at the novelty target at 7 p.m. or whatever, and people could go there and you know and do whatever. So yeah, it'll be cool for people to be able to to get instant notifications of yes. things that are happening. But then on top of that, there's going to be content within that app. Yeah, there's a ton of content that'll be added. So for example, right now you created the plan of attack last year, just some different technique things for if you're coming to do our shoot, whatever. Um, those are already on there. Yep. Uh, these podcasts that I've been doing you and all these other guys that are talking about, it's good. We're going to have that on there. Yep. Videos guys have posted, including your listeners. If somebody yep. puts together a cool video and shares it with us, we'd love to put it on there. Yeah. Right. I mean, what we're doing is we're trying to create the Total Archery Challenge community within this app to where we can all share and do things. And and uh, because of this and our ability to do this now and, and the user's ability to share with us, the participants, 
Um, we're going to be doing a lot more giveaways. We're going to gamify a lot of things. Let's say you couldn't get to the event for whatever reason. You can still get on. There will be ways for you to win virtually some some of these prizes from our partners and things like that. So we're going to have some fun little contests. Like one of them that's out right now, we announced yesterday is uh, best team name wins. Oh, God. And there are some <laughs> hilarious. The only reason we did it is I'm looking at, you know, there's people are already in there. We've got about 500 teams already built. And I'm scrolling through their names. And Just they're absolutely hilarious. <laughs> like, they're so creative and and it was just, it's just fun to see that and laugh yeah. about it and all this. And so I'm like, you know what? We're going to give, we're going to give it a few days, let people get registered over the next few days, build their teams. And then we're going to give the team something, right? Yep. Cause we got a lot of partners we're involved with to give away some cool stuff, but it'll be things like that and sharing photos. And we're going to have a million of these things going on so that it, it'll enhance the experience. So not only is communication tantamount, that's why we created it. We needed a better registration platform to address some of the issues we're having. Um, but we're also going to make, make it a lot more fun by the content added, by the ability for people to participate that aren't there on the mountain, whatever. And uh, so we're super excited about it. Um, emails have already gone out to all past participants. We'll be pushing it hard on social media. And then the app is supposed to go live. I'm going to say March. They say February, but you know how that goes. So yeah. we'll push it to March before events open. Where's the place to look for it? It'll be tacpass.com. Tacpass.com? Yep. And okay. you'll go in, create. If, if, you, if you've participated with us before and we have your email. Because that's a website. You said it was an yeah, app. Yeah, it'll be an app. Right now is a website for you to get all set up. Okay, so and you can get set up right now. Correct. But it's yep. not in the App Store, you mean? Yep. App Store is not available yet. It'll be, they say February, I'm saying March. Let's go with March. We'll announce if it changes. But website, you can get it right now. You can get everything set up right now. For yep. iOS and Droid? Yep. It'll be for both. Perfect. Yep. So, um, and again. And then we're going to do, uh, we're going to, I think we're going to be doing some videos like throughout the shoot too to where yes. you know i could say like hey everybody if you're going to be at target 14 on the knock-on course it's going to be the the mini rabbit at 700 <laughs> exactly. yards yeah. in the boulders i would recommend <laughs> yeah. you taking yeah. a 14 yard cut on this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that type of thing right yep. so um the scorecard is no longer paper it'll be involved in the app one of the things that um we'll be doing with you especially but if it's uh, app based then people can compare I would yep. assume. Yeah, there'll be a there'll be a leaderboard if guys really want to look at what other guys are doing. Of course, that being said, we're not judging this thing. So if a guy wanted to put a ten on everything, he could. Good Nobody knows you. the otherwise. We you don't you're not going to win anything. Yeah, you beat me. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, but we will have some things in there. If you're not keeping score, whatever scorecard's still useful. You'll be able to go in. We're going to have a picture of the animal that you're looking for at each target. And where those rings are. If you're if you're hunting for rings, it'll have that. If you're hunting to, like, is that a good shot for a, a hunt? Obviously, you're not going to shoot the rings if it's quartering away hard, right? So, yeah. um, anyway, it'll have some tips. You, Everybody who's done our events before know there's a few shots you probably should have kneeled down. And so... Kneeling um, shot, warning. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly it. You'll pull up this, this uh, tack tip, if you will. And that shows the animal you're looking for because sometimes, too, it's not even just knowing where the rings are because a lot of guys are shooting like they're hunting, right? Yeah. Kill yeah. shot. Mm -hmm. um, 
those shadows shift throughout the day. So when we set it up, it might be easy to see that black bear in the timber. Yeah. But as it gets later in the day or, or we set it later in the day and it's early morning, it's gone. It's kind of hidden. Yeah. And so this knowing what you're looking for will help you to determine, hey, oh, there it is right there. Yep. So, because we do run into that quite frequently on the darker targets, the boar, yeah. the black bear, whatever. Uh, so we're adding a lot to it. It's unlike our website, which is pretty static, just has basic information. This will be a living community with our announcements. What's happening today? What's going on? Hey, you guys want to try to win this? Hey, knock-on's doing this thing. Black Rifle's doing this. Whatever it is, we're just keeping people informed. And they don't have to go get, it's not going to get lost in the algorithms of Instagram or, yeah. or Facebook. And so that's what's really exciting about it is now we have a good communication platform throughout the whole event that people can find right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. an awesome idea because there's some places where you might just need to send a quick notification that says, by the way, it's rained for four days, bring rubber boots. Exactly. You're 100% correct. You know what I mean? Just something simple like that. Um, or, hey, there's a big, nasty electrical storm coming, so <laughs> seek shelter. Let us know where you're at. Yep. We're also going to have a thing that says um, some feedback. Um, and one of the reasons for this is, like you you, you discussed this earlier, targets fall over, uh, you know, or it, you're blowing through an insert. Um, somebody who is filming the 17 shots each one in their group takes. And so there, there's a bottleneck or whatever. And we want to know about this stuff as soon as we can. Yeah. So that we can dispatch our guys to get it fixed so that there's, so we want to keep this thing as good as it can be. Yep. And a lot of that is going to come from the boots on the ground, which is the participant. So there will be a spot on there where people can say, Hey, target 19 on loopholes keeps falling over or yeah. whatever, or the inserts completely blown out or yeah. it doesn't matter. We, yeah. we want to have that fast communication. Cause you can't drive to, you can't drive and visually see every shot. And there could be some where, like you said, it's an easy fix. There's a few times last year where I was standing at my target and then was looking at a congestion in a place where it was, a tough shot but like for whatever reason everybody was following status quo of yeah. like one shooter at a time and so you know i'd walk up there and be like hey this is a 90 yard elk shot five people can stand five people can shoot it at once like yeah. everybody just stand right here and shoot let her rip let her rip like because yeah. to to do a one holer on the shot where there's a wide open you know yes footing place that's going to bottleneck things up versus yep. sometimes there's a spot where you have to thread a needle and you have to correct be a single holder but for the most part you know some of those the congestion can can be fixed if someone's there to just give some directions them, nudge them a little yep. bit because once one group's doing it and the group behind them sees it they're also going to do it yep. and so anyway, the, the idea, uh, again, was we're taking the feedback from the participants on pain points for them and trying to create something that solves that. Yep. Well, at the same time, we're going to up their experience because there's things to do within the app, you know, to win whatever. So uh, we're, we're really excited about it. All that being said is it's the, 
it's going to be tech pass 1.0. There's a reason there's 2.0s and 3.0s <laughs> and 4.0s and whatever because I think you have to do 1.1, 1. 1, 1. <laughs> 1. Oh, 1. yeah, that's what it is because there's yeah. that many changes, right? Yeah. And so we anticipate that. Uh, we just ask everyone, hey, we're we're trying to make this best we can. Be patient if there are issues. We've got a team who's ready. They're 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 there just to make changes yeah. and get it fixed as quick as we can. Is inevitably we're testing it right now, but inevitably there's always bugs that you don't catch until after it's out. So we'll get those fixed immediately. But um, it should enhance what you're doing with TAC a lot and make it a lot more fun. What's some of the if someone has never shot a TAC, but now they listen to this and they're like, I've got to go. What do you like? We need to put together a little thing of, hey, here's some of the obvious stuff and maybe not so obvious stuff that you need to have at your first TAC yeah. event. Yeah, so that's. Let's start with gear. What's some of the things other than bow and arrow that people. Yeah, forget? besides your personal equipment that you're going to use just to shoot, um, I think your shoes or boots, it doesn't matter. You'll see a lot of guys doing it in shoes, which is fine, whatever your feet can handle, but a good pair. Yep a good pair that's got traction. Uh, the one thing I like to stress to people, uh, certainly in the hotter months is, uh, you know, don't put on your boots that have the 400 gram insulate or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. like dress for, for the weather. Yeah. Um, but definitely a good pair of boots and a good pair of socks. And I tell everyone bring an extra pair of socks. Yep. An extra pair of socks is amazing what it can do for tired feet. Yep. Because you get tired, hot feet. If you can relax that your feet, cool them off, and put on a new pair of socks, I mean, it's a huge game changer when you're hiking. Yep. And so, and it takes up hardly any room, right? Um, secondly, I, I recommend everybody have at least a rain jacket. Yeah. Pants, that's up to you, but a jacket for sure. Um we get rain at every event. Yep. And so just being ready for that to hide out, let it blow by, but at least it keeps you uh, dry. Um, a backpack, you choose which, but a backpack that can hold plenty of water, some snacks, and your arrows, if you will, you know. Um, and really outside of that comes the sunscreen, probably a hat, that kind of thing just to keep you from the sun. And that... Like in Oklahoma, your there's a lot of canopy on the eastern shoots. Yep. Right? You're under the canopy of the trees, quite a bit of it. As you get further west and you get into those mountains where you're at 11,000 feet, um, people don't realize it, but you'll dehydrate a lot quicker oh, yeah. at higher elevation, even if you're not sweating. Yeah, and that sun's just... And the sun cooks you. <laughs> yeah, and does. so just be ready for that. Have your sunscreen, have plenty of water, and keep an eye on yourself for that. Um, and then have whatever it is your diet allows for you to keep snacking. Because you should plan on... It varies event to event, but I would plan on five hours yeah, plus. Five. Yeah, yeah, five hours plus per course mm -hmm. uh, that you're going to be out there. So plan for that trying to think what the mileage was on one of the courses i mean what are they average three <laughs> so more. they're different some are more um but your as far as these eastern courses go three is about the longest mm -hmm. as far as 
there's a, there is some change in there. You're going to walk a lot farther if you're looking for arrows or whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? Or you're taking a break. So pull and return. Yeah, exactly. But when we map it out, you're going to be anywhere from that two to three mile mark. Uh, there are a couple that are a little shorter than that that are quick burns. Um, but as you move further west, they get a lot longer. You'll get into that five mile range. Yep. So I would say so. Things that are also critical, um, range finder and a, and a decent pair of binoculars, a range finder for sure. And yes. it, and honestly, mandatory, a range finder that has angle compensation. I would agree with that. Like you definitely have to have that. The other thing that, that when I forget it, I really regret it is, uh, a lube tube for arrows for just yeah. ease of pull. Cause if you're shooting carbon arrows into some of these targets, if you're hitting in the dead center all the time where it's soft, that's one thing. But some of these shots, you're going to, you know, they're longer and you might hit one out of the insert. Yeah, directly in the, you know, into the hardest part of the foam that's not, you know, necessarily the kill zone. Right. And it can be hard to get those arrows out. And then if you're an arrow puller and you've got four people or five people in your group, 25 targets. So, I mean, now yeah. you're looking at. 25 times four or five it'll wear you out pulling arrows and if someone has an arrow that's always hard to get out it'd be easy for you to just when you pull that arrow to just put some lube on there quick yeah we actually have those little the knock-on lube tubes they're super cheap and one of those one of the refills that comes with that will like last you the whole year but Every time I had one of those, they last walked. you the whole year, or <laughs> well, no, last me like all, five or six years. Yeah, mine would mine would walk. Like I would show people, and then they'd pull it, and then <laughs> and the next thing you know, I'd turn around and it would be gone. So I would say that, um, yeah, sunscreen and the ability to hydrate. Like you don't yep. take that for granted. No, um, the hydration it'll catch up on you really, really quick. Yeah, and then I think the other thing is, um, as a pre, as a precaution or being prepared and kind of creating a habit for tack, is really start to get in the habit of checking your arrows when you pull them out of the. I was target. about to say that because at tack, there's so many targets where if you're not really familiar with them, for example, the elk is one. The main support to that thing, it's really it's kind of like exactly where the spine would be and yes. it's made of a metal bar. So even though you hit foam, a lot of people damage your arrows on the elk when they hit it towards the yeah. top, you know, six a, inches of the target. Yeah. Not only that, I, <clears throat> I would caution everyone, you know, you and I discussed this and we had you get us a video yep. to do the flex test because we did have an incident, but I would caution everyone to just check them after it's, Flex test is quick. Yeah. Check them after every shot. And the only reason I caution on that, it, some guys have experienced this, is on those targets, a guy shoots in there, and if he had uh, something wrong with the arrow and it breaks inside the insert even, mm -hmm. there's a chance that you're going to ping that metal and whatever, you know, the the uh, tip. Mm -hmm. But I would just caution everyone, like, hey, pull your arrow out. Give it a good flex or a roll on the leg yep. and uh, and just check because it takes no time at all to do it. And we want to avoid any issues. We did have an issue in Pennsylvania yep. where a guy bounced an arrow off a tree, shot it into the dirt, pulled it out, looked fine. He, you know, he just pulled it up. Hey, I don't think great. he ever checked it. 
just he, looked at it. Because he said, I've never... Yeah, I've he never had no idea told, what it was. Yeah, I've never been told to, like, check, check for that. arrows. And so the very next shot, he shoots, and that arrow breaks and goes completely through his forearm. Like, not stuck in. It entered one end and exited out the other and was stuck out on both sides. And he, he had an arterial tear, too, from that injury. Had they pulled that arrow out, it could have gotten really bad really fast. But they wrapped it up with him in it. Ambulance took him off, and he's good to go, right? It's something I think a lot of guys take for granted. Yeah. Um, I've shot myself twice. Have you really? Yeah. Yeah, I've had two. Like that scar right there is where an arrow went through my hand and stuck it to the back of the bow. Ugh. But both, oh, honestly, geez. both times were times where I took it for granted and shot with big, you know, with large groups of guys shooting a lot of arrows at the target at one time. Stuff's getting hit and trashed and wrecked, and I pulled the arrow out, and it was the arrow shaft was canoed, so it was totally compromised. Yeah, and never thought about it. And honestly, when I drew it back on my bow, I kind of felt like a bump. I remember feeling a bump, and then I thought there's just a little bit of like foam on my arrow, and I shot it anyway. And it ended up being a spot where the arrow had been compromised. So when the paradox, the pressure of the paradox flexed the arrow, it snapped it. And then, you know, half of the arrow shot through my scope and the other half, the back half shot through my hand. Um, And then another time in a competition, same thing. There was four guys shooting one target, you know, four top archers peer grouped. And then, um, you know, we all freaking shoot arrows into the same target, which is kind of nonsense in a professional event like that. They've changed it now. Yeah. They've actually made smaller targets to where everyone has their own. But um, same thing, just arrows got trashed. I got to talk and didn't even inspect my own arrows the way I should and ended up having another arrow break because it was already compromised. So it should always be in a habit when someone hands you the arrow, if you're not the one pulling I always spin mine on the, my finger. If it's wobbling, I know something's up, whether the tip's bent or whatever. Right. And then, you know, it's it's really smart to just kind of make sure you clean the debris off the front of the arrow. If you're not using a lube tube, that foam will, like, melt it's like on glue, it. yeah. It, like, melts to your arrow. Get some of that off anyway because it's going to make you more accurate, but just inspect it and see if there's any dings or cracks. Yep. Like Sean said, you can – kind of slightly flex it on your leg and roll it up and down. And if, if it's compromised, you'll hear it cracking or it'll just pop and break. Um, and then knocks, you know, really look at your knock. If your knock is compromised, you know, if someone's hit it and you know, part of your knocks bent, don't just like bite it with your mouth and bend it back into place. You need to assume that that knock is cracked and crack knocks actually cause probably more, um, arrow injuries than the really? actual shaft itself, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you if you like some knocks have very hard plastic, so if they're cracked, the pressure, all the pressure of that string is on the knock. So a lot yeah. of times the knock will just it'll just break, and when it breaks, then the string is going forward without being on anything. So that's gotcha. when, that's a lot of times when when people have a knock break, it's when the bow is like the strings come off and everything mm-hmm. because the the strings pretty much being dry fired. It's not like right. propelling the weight of the arrow. So S- speaking of knocks, um, I would, I would say as we're, as we're talking about, Hey, keep an eye on your arrows. If you do come across one that's compromised, 
then pull the knock. Yeah. So when you stick it back in that tube in your backpack, you're not pulling that arrow back out and not paying attention. So pull the knock, turn it upside down, put it do something something like that would be good protocol. Yeah. Well, dude, your flight is in an hour and a half. So, yep. Quick trip. (laughs) Quick trip. What do you have to say? You have anything to say? Like you have any, like, I don't know. Words of inspiration. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've just, I've just appreciated, um, I call it a partnership because, because you guys have been so flexible with things. When I say, Hey, I'd like to do this. And I think guys would have fun with it or whatever. You guys have been so good. And even honestly, um, even just getting me up and off the range is not a, is not convenient (laughs) for you guys, but you know, it, Last year, I I mean, I forget how many it was. We counted at a couple of the events, but, I mean, it was close to a few thousand people every event that I shot with. Yeah. You know, times however many we did. I think we had like six six or something that we did last year, too. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking, you know, let's just say 10,000 people that I got to shoot with, which is awesome. That All those people wouldn't have got that if I would have had to, you know, Sorry for those of you waiting for the chairlift and then I, you know, get dropped off at the chairlift and then (laughs) right right up in front of you. But I'm trying to motor and get onto a place on the course where I can be there. And as soon as the first group hits, I'm there. And then then I want to get off the range in time to go down and start talking to people that are hanging out at the village and stuff like that. So, you know, you guys being able to to take someone that might be delivering water and and come and have them grab me quick. So I'm not like trying to run... 2.5 2.5 miles through the course down the hill in order <laughs> right to, although you did have to do that a couple of times yeah. if i remember right yeah we couldn't get there for whatever reason yeah so. yeah there's definitely times where i've i've had to uh well in colorado last year when i set the course that first day you guys had prepped it and then i went up and shot it right and then uh yeah, it got it got dark on me up there. I remember <laughs> I was up there with just my phone light, like trying to get down that that mountain. And I kind of just I could see you guys, I could see the lights of the village from up there. And I just thought, well, I'm not going to follow this ski run all the way, or like because right, it, it wrapped around the mountain. It, what wraps way around? So I just like did the straight line, <laughs> and there was a couple gnarly shoots. Yeah, in there. I remember that. So yeah. well, it. Uh, I guess the. The one thing I'd say in regard to um, what you're discussing is we, we're we not going to pretend that we're the experts on everything. And so that's why we, you know, we like to pivot and shift and move and, and try to do things to make this event better and better for everybody every year because we got a lot of guys who've been doing this for years. Yeah. And uh, so we don't want to stay stagnant. Yeah. We want to continue to move forward and provide them with something that's worth coming back to. And having people like yourself, it's not trying to blow smoke up your skirt or whatever, but my point is, is having guys like you that are out there for the archer and trying to make them better mm-hmm. at what they do. And, and all the, you know, some guys just want to be there just to see you. Yeah. Uh, so having that opportunity um, to provide that to the guys that want it is huge for us and for them. Yep. And we recognize that. And not just with your partnership, because you know, you give a lot of input and your team does, but, all of our partners, which we do have a bunch in common, you know, yep. Sitka, Leupold, uh, Black Rifle Coffee, um, which 
that's a big change. They're our new yeah, title, title sponsor. sponsor. PSC yeah. is and PSC is the subtitle, subtitle, which is yeah. totally new, which is awesome. But uh, what I was saying was having having all these partners that we have, every one of them is is vested in that person who's showing up as a participant. Yeah, very much. So. And by being able to bring on those types of partners has has helped us uh, move in this direction that we're going in a in a faster way than we would have been able to do it is just like a an expo if you will yep. that has shooting like we're very specific as you know um because we've vetted out a lot of things together you and i we're very specific about how things are done to make sure it's something that benefits the participant yep like if you're coming and you want to do something big to put your name out there we need to make sure it's it's not just an exchange of money yeah, because it's more important to keep these guys coming back that we provide something for the shooter. And you guys have done a phenomenal job at that. Yeah. Everything and so we're super grateful for this partnership too. Everything you've said yes to was always like the shooters will love that. Yeah. Because in the end, it's taking time away from you guys that you could be putting on the course, you know, whether it's filling water or, you know, whatever getting right. a course broken down sooner or, you know, whatever it is. Anytime we've done some type of an event like that, it means you got to like pull guys, you got to relocate some speakers or the PA right. system or get some water over there. Or, you know, for some reason or another, it takes it or we're staying late. Like look in Michigan, <laughs> like yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, the, the ski hill shut down the vendor village. Cause we, we did the, you know, we talked and we did kind of an open mic. And then like, there was still people in the booths at nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Yep. So, exactly. you know, and they came and said, Hey, the security's here to watch your booths for the night. We got to like get people yeah, out of here. So, down. but all that stuff, that impromptu stuff is all about, Hey, this would be cool to do tonight. People are down with it. We've asked a few people, let's, yep. let's do it for, for the people, the attendees. And yep. I think all the partners that are there right now, like I said, the partners have good synergy. The vendors have really good synergy. And it's also an important point just to say, if you go to a total archery challenge, walk around the vendor village, yep. you know, walk around the vendor village. Don't be afraid to tell people that are there that you appreciate them being there because Absolutely. all them doing that is also what puts it on because yes. you know just your entry fees don't put it on you no. know for knock on um you know people assume that that we got everything for free right yeah no a lot of people do and i'm like <laughs> no that's not the case yeah like, yeah for every event that we show up to for our followers i mean it's a big investment you yes. know we spent you know i feel i feel like last year between what we did for for custom builds and veteran events and tack, I think we gave back around 150 grand. Yeah. You know, towards like towards that. towards the knock on nation. So yes. it was um it's important, you know, it's important for us that it has value as well. Cause yeah. you know, it's it's an it I say it's an investment because, you know, I just feel like whatever we can do to solidify, you know, the knock on nation, awesome. Yeah. For TAC, whatever you guys can do to solidify the TAC community to be able to communicate better, to be able to like know what's well, going on more, which yeah. is why the app's critical for you guys too. Yeah, and it's not just that. I mean, if 
you talk about the knock on nation and, and the black rifle coffee group and whatever, right? It doesn't matter. Like for, for us, yes, this is our job and this is our living. But the reason we chose this path is because we're passionate about it. We love it and we want it to grow Mm -hmm. and it has been growing a lot. In fact, you guys have recently posted some stories and, and things on your Instagram page of guys that are brand new to the sport. Yep. They're like, I saw this. I wanted to do it. Here I am. Brand new. The guy's what? He was 50 something years old. Yeah. Never picked up a bow in his life. He saw some stuff on, on a knock on was like, yeah, I want to go to this. Yep. And so that's, you know, our, yes, we want to make a living. We're not going to pretend that's not part of it, but everything we do is can this, like you said, is this, what can we do that's better for the participant? Will this be cool for the participant? Uh, can we add this? So we get, we've got some new big sponsors coming on board too that we haven't had in the past. And that's the question we asked them. They said, hey, what can we do? We, we want to do a big sponsorship. It's like, okay, well, we don't put you in a box. Yeah. The box as far as like the courses and all that, that's all sold. So tell us, tell us what you think you can do to make this event better for these guys who yeah. are coming. Cause that's who we're here to entertain. Right. We're entertainers. Yep. Um, so that's why it's, it's really cool to work with groups like yourselves. Uh, loophole started doing their thing where they're, I mean, some guys can't afford a new range finder. That's got the cut. Well, you know yeah. what? Go over to the loophole booth, try one, give them your ID yep. and take it up on the mountain. Yep. Try you need it, it out. Yep. Exactly. Try it out and see. And then, and then you might realize, actually, I do need, <laughs> yeah. I do need this piece. But you know what equipment. I'm saying? Like, it's not, it's not cheap. And so they've provided a way for a guy to come up there and still be able to shoot comfortably yep. by saying, they're not paying. You're just leaving ID. So if you walked off with it, we can find you, right? Yeah. And I can they're, take your ID and go get beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you get what I'm saying. All these different uh, partners we have are bringing something to the table yeah. that there's a cost to loophole to do that, to have all this equipment that's out for you to take yeah. for free. Uh, but they do it because they're here for the participant too. Yeah. And there's so many, I mean, there's honestly, it's, um, I forget where we were, but like a lot of the vendors wanted to have a cookout night before tax started Yeah, because there's so many of us that, like, you know, we kind of, we're looking across at each other when we're all there <laughs> right. and we're kind of like winking, you know, like if someone's, if someone's just totally swamped, you know, someone's like kind of behind you, like, oh man, I know you yep. want to like take a breather, but you can't. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it's cool. There's so many more, um, people out there. Kafaru. I mean, gosh, there's everybody. Badass oh. was all over the place. Yep. Yeti, you know, obviously is always there. Yeah. And we've got Do, something doing really cool, cool coming down the pipe with Yeti. Oh, that's so right. So everybody knows we've changed. They're no longer our title sponsor. Yep. Um, but they moved into a new, new position to like have something cool that's coming. Yeah. So we've got something really cool coming down the pipe. I I'm hesitant to talk about it now because I'd like the finished you product. You want to it. Yes. Yeah. Get it done. Yes. Yeah, so get it done. that's what we're working on right now, but it's, um, I will say this. They came to us with a proposal. We had to work through some things and clean it up and figure out how this is going to work. But Yeti, um, you know, they're they're all about conservation, yeah. all about it. And so are we. That's why we do these, these uh, after parties for conservation and then after parties for veteran groups. But what we've got coming down the pipe is, is going to be a huge but 
really fun campaign for conservation. That's so cool. Yeah. So we'll talk about that more as we uh, polish it up. We're really excited. And if you have the app, you can find out. Yeah, it'll be in the app. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. Thanks, so. Sean. I appreciate you okay, flying man. here to talk. Yeah, it's, it's been a fun. bummer. We can't go home and cook and eat. And, I know. And and tell, you know me. I like tell, to eat. Just I, look at me. I know. <laughs> You're always so busy. You guys can't even eat when I cook. Like the <laughs> no, last time, where were we? We cooked. I cooked a buttload of food for you guys on the last night in, was it Montana? And. I ended up staging it all on the picnic table over yes. by the semi. And it was got, in Montana. And you guys like ate could, it at like midnight. Yeah, <laughs> ate it at like midnight or something. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. It's all been right. fun. Knock on everybody. We'll uh be talking to you more soon enough here at the Knock On Podcast. Be sure to check out knockonarchery.com for our full line of custom designed products as well as free in-depth education and bow hunting entertainment to help you shoot at your best.